Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Christina. Hi there, Bola. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be a part of the podcast. Yay. So yes, I'm happy to have you on here. I'm excited. We're going to be talking about how to ace your next job, how to get that next job with an irresistible resume. And, you know, we do a a number of career podcast episodes every now and then because it's so important because, you know, people's careers are tied to their income, which is tied to (laughs) their ability to save and invest and more. And of course, the job market is so competitive. So I'm excited to have you talk about how to ace that next interview with an irresistible resume. Before we dive into the topic, please tell us who you are, what you do, and a bit of your background. Sure thing. Thanks so much. So Hi, everyone. My name is Christina Mandel. I'm the CEO of the Resume Counselor, which is a resume writing company that helps to create resumes, cover letters, and optimize LinkedIn profiles to help you really propel your career and get you access to higher paying jobs and even jobs that you thought you might not have been qualified for in the first place. So we started our company with our mission based on empowering folks of people of color and people from underrepresented communities by really helping them get access to these jobs by one, crafting their resumes so that they are showing their transferable skills and two, by helping them increase their confidence, which is really the second half of the battle in any type of job search. Uh, So that's what I do uh, for the resume side. And then I work full-time at Google in the ad tech industry. Um, And before Google, I worked at Indeed, the online job search company, where I was able to get a lot of those insights into the hiring industry, And I use a lot of those insights as I, you know, coach my clients on getting the next job. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and help. I'm excited to have an impact on the folks that are tuning in because that really is our mission. We're committed to helping people and people of women and people of color really, you know, get their next step in their career and increase their confidence, increase their money and all of those other trickle down effects that come with it. 
Very cool. So let's just jump right in. And I'd love for you to share in your experience, what are the most common mistakes that you find job seekers are making on their resumes that prevent them from landing their desired roles? And what should they be doing instead? So, you know, I'm a headhunter and somebody's resume lands on my desk, right? So I've, Mm -hmm. I've picked this resume to review. What are the biggest mistakes, most common mistakes you see people making on their resumes? Yeah, for sure. And I definitely have seen common patterns and trends with the resumes that I help rewrite. I would say the number one biggest mistake is having a generic resume uh, for every job application. Instead, you should tailor your resume to the specific role that you're applying for, highlighting the relevant skills, transferable skills, experiences, and achievements that map directly to the job requirement. The second piece is lack of keywords. So most companies use a tool called an applicant tracking system or an ATS to screen resumes. So if your resume lacks relevant keywords from the job description, it may not be seen as a good match for that role, which would keep you, you know, buried under the multitude of resumes that are applying to that role. So incorporating key phrases and skills from the job posting into your resume is crucial. The next is having a very lengthy resume. So there's a statistic that recruiters only spend six seconds on average looking at a resume. Maybe true or not, but in any scenario, I think having a lengthy resume can be very overwhelming for recruiters or whoever is looking at the resume. So in order to, you know, show your value in a short amount of time, you need to be concise and focus on your most relevant and recent experiences. So one to two pages is generally what I would uh, recommend. And uh, uh, something else that I've seen um, is poor uh, formatting and spelling errors. Mm, Yeah. Uh, so if you're not reading well on paper, you're not going to be called back for an interview. It also reflects poorly on your attention to detail. So we always recommend, even if you're not going to a resume writer to get your resume to the state where it needs to be, at least running it through a spell check um, engine to proofread it to ensure that at least you're not having any spelling errors. And then lastly, every resume should have your name, your phone number, your city, and then if, and your email address. So these contact information buckets, if you will, are parsed directly into an applicant tracking system. So you should check the box to have at least uh, all, actually all of them on your resume to make sure that you're showing up in the right way in the applicant tracking system. Those are such gems of advice. <laughs> so you yeah. mentioned not having a resume that's too generic, like a cookie cutter, hey, chat GPT, make me a resume kind of resume. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that, something else that I, I didn't mention is with chat GPT or, you know, when you're relying on these AI technologies, mm-hmm. they're just giving you the plain duties and responsibilities without showcasing your specific achievements. Which and you know, yeah. And yeah. The, the AI does not know. <laughs> exactly. The AI does not know that. And it's up to you to make your resume more compelling by putting in your Im- impact and your achievements and your accomplishments. 
Exactly. Yeah. So avoid the generic resume. If you're leveraging AI, look at it as like a foundational shell and then build on it with what you know about yourself. Make mm-hmm. sure you have keywords relevant to the job that you found in the application that really highlight why you fit for the job. Don't make it too long. Keep it straight to the point, but relevant. The grammar and the spelling one is such a big but little thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I can imagine you have an incredible resume and then some people are just so particular about misspelled words, wrong grammar, that it's a complete turnoff. And that can be the difference between them calling you for the interview or hiring you for the job or not. And then having your contact information. I've actually gotten resumes and I'm like, how do I contact this person? Yeah. <laughs> Making sure that you have that. So those are gems. I appreciate you sharing that. So my next question for you is around cover letters, right? Do you cover letter? Do you not cover letter or include a cover letter? Um, they're becoming less and less common in some job applications. Do you believe that cover letters are still valuable? And if yes, what should be in a good cover letter? Yeah, great question. So I would say if the cover letter is required, you absolutely should or should include one. And I, I've i seen a lot of recruiters use the cover letter as a way to sift through all of the applicants. So if an applicant took the time to craft a cover letters specific to that role, they're more likely to reach back out to them to learn about their motivation, enthusiasm, suitability for the position, etc. So I would say, yes, if it's a job that you really want to go for, but you might not check every box on the job description, you should write a cover letter to demonstrate your transferable skills and also demonstrate why you're eager to work for that company, Uh, especially if you're trying to pivot industries or just go into a different line of work completely. And then in terms of elements that should be included in a cover letter to make it compelling, I always structure mine in the past, present, and future. So addressing the hiring manager, seeing the role that you're applying for, um, if there's a role ID, including that in there as well. I would start off with your past relevant skills or experiences that align with the job description and make you a good fit. Uh, I would then add in a paragraph with what you're doing now and how that maps to the role that you're applying for. And then lastly, for the future paragraph, how you plan on having an impact on that company. And this is where I like to incorporate a lot of research around the company's values, mission, their culture, what they are, what they're focusing on and saying how you might have a passion for that or how you might be working on that in a, another project or area of your life so that it kind of maps and tells the story of while you might not fit every box on the job description, you have an appetite to learn and you have an appetite and enthusiasm to have an impact. So that's those are pretty much the steps that I would recommend for structuring an effective cover letter to showcase your value. Yeah, and I love that you highlighted talking about your past, present and future, like where you're coming from, mm-hmm. what you're doing and how you hope to bring positive value and impact to the job you're applying to. And you mentioned that if a cover letter is required, definitely include one. So what if the job application is vague? Should you just include a cover letter to be on the safe side? Yeah, if the job application is vague, I would say read through the job description and try to elicit any type of skills that they might be looking for. So if they have any keywords around 
project management or leadership or public speaking, use those specific skills in your cover letter and demonstrate how you've done that before so that you're just showing them that you're working with what you have, if you will. So yeah, it's it's mostly about making use of what they give you and really tying that back to your skills and your attributes. Awesome. Okay. So next question I have for you, and we all know that LinkedIn is the professional networking platform, right? Everybody needs to have a LinkedIn profile. If you don't have one, you should have one, but how can we leverage our profiles to attract attention from recruiters and hiring managers? So we are actively out there looking for jobs, but we want to be able to be found on LinkedIn. What should our LinkedIn profiles look like? Yeah, great question. So LinkedIn plus one is such an incredible tool for not only connecting with other folks in your professional space and networking, but also for job search and job applications. So in, in terms of optimizing your LinkedIn profile, we I always recommend filling out the basics that LinkedIn deems to make you an all-star profile. So that includes having things like a photo, a headline, a banner, your job experience, if you have any type of collegiate experience, etc. Because there's a statistic that profiles that are all-star profiles are shown more to recruiters. So definitely make sure that you have your profile optimized and have a compelling headline that's showcasing not only your expertise, but what you're interested in or what you want to move into. And then I would also recommend adding in any type of, in addition to your job experience that you have on your resume, adding in any type of volunteer work, pro bono work, or, you know, projects that you're doing outside of your day-to-day role, because it shows that, you know, you might be taking a leadership opportunity in another area, or you might be volunteering because you care about X communities. So it's really important to showcase that part of you as well that might not come across in your resume. And then I would also recommend interacting and, you know, posting content or reposting content that might be interesting to you or related to your expertise so that it it kind of generates the personal brand that you want to be known for and shows you as a thought leader in that field to both your the folks in your network and also to recruiters who might be looking at your profile and looking at what you're posted and posting and what you're interested in. And then lastly, this is a feature on LinkedIn for folks that are actively job searching. There's an open to work feature that lets recruiters know that you're actively seeking new opportunities. You can specify, I believe, five roles or types of roles that you're interested in. So if you set your open to work uh, visibility to only recruiters, put in those job titles that you're looking for. That way your profile might show up in front of a recruiter that's looking for that role that you've listed on your on your LinkedIn. So definitely make the most use of, of the space, especially for job search and engage actively with the platform to increase your chances of getting the attention from recruiters and hiring managers that will be looking at your LinkedIn. So it's it almost sounds like look at setting up that LinkedIn profile similarly to how you set up your resume, right? So 
going back to what you said, not making it generic, leveraging keywords, making it straight to the point, like having all those things and then selecting those features that allow your resume to be shown, not your resume, your LinkedIn profile to be shown to recruiters and more. That's kind of what it sounds like. Okay. (laughs) And yeah, I think it's, I know a lot of people who are too shy to have a LinkedIn profile or they just have one because it's what you need to do, but they haven't updated it. It's not current with their current skills and experiences, right? So if you're listening to this and your LinkedIn profile is a few years old, go and update it, right? And also always keep an updated resume. You may not be looking for a new job right now, but I talk to friends all the time who have been contacted by a headhunter and a few who have actually switched jobs because even though they were not looking for a new job, they got offered an incredible new opportunity, higher pay in a, in a field they wanted to work in simply because they were keeping their, their LinkedIn up to date. And they were also checking and communicating via the messages when people reached out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something to think about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if you know, if you don't want to put yourself out there as being very active in the uh, job search community, there are features of LinkedIn that allows you to that allow you to set up job alerts so that if a new job is posted with a certain title and location that you have set up, if a new job is posted, it'll be emailed directly to your inbox so that you can Mm. apply to that role privately without anyone having to know. And then you can also use the job search functionality on LinkedIn. There is something called LinkedIn Apply, I believe, that is a quicker application process than having to go through and put re-enter all of your years of job job experience and things like that. So there are some benefits of using LinkedIn for job search um, if you don't want to, you know, do all of the networking and posting and all of that. Essentially go into your LinkedIn, go to the settings and features and go through every single one of them (laughs) and then set it up according to job notifications, job alerts, et cetera, and make sure that your your profile is updated. So give yourself maybe, I don't know, one to three hours dedicated to LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. To just get your LinkedIn to where you want it to be. Exactly. Yep. So I want to go back a little bit to what you had said earlier when you said when you are creating your resume, you don't want it to be generic. Instead, you want to customize it to the role that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. So let's say, I don't know, I'm a data analyst, for example, right? But I want to apply for a data analyst position in the pharmaceutical industry. But I also found a really great data analyst position in the technology industry. How do I kind of tailor my resume for these two different industries, even though I can work in either. I have the skills to work in either, but they're two different industries. Yeah, that, that's a great question. So there are some core core skill sets to a data analyst that would be relevant in both the pharmaceutical and technology industry. So I would say putting in the role-related skills and knowledge definitely should be in there as keywords and also incorporated in your bullets. So things like data analysis, data visualization, data modeling, if you have any type of coding experience like SQL, Python, et cetera, entering that in any types of tools that you're using for your analysis, in addition to, you know, the standard Excel, if you're using any type of database management, if you're using Tableau, adding those all in Power BI, et cetera. So I would say having those keywords is key. And then in terms of structuring it, you'll notice that in any role that you're in, regardless of the industry, 
recruiters and hiring managers will always be impressed if you showcase yourself as someone who can get things done. So if you can showcase your impact in your current role as you transformed a process and saved the company X amount of hours, or you helped increase revenue by running this data analysis and presenting to senior management, which helped influence decision making. Those core skills are are needed and wanted in any industry. So definitely include your impact as well in your bullets. And then lastly, you want to ensure that you have industry-specific terminology as well. So if, you know, the pharmaceutical role is asking for, you know, analysis in certain parts of pharma or certain drugs or research or things like that, talk about how you've done something similar in your current role or previous roles so that they see that you have the skill set. It's transferable. It's just you haven't done it in pharma as yet. So I think if you take those tips of one, incorporating the keywords, two, incorporating the impact, and three, showing the transferable skills based on the projects, accomplishments, et cetera, you should be in a good place. Yeah, and I I specifically love your point on the transferable skills, because if you have that data analyst experience or skill set, you do have transferable skills. And I love what you said about what skills, what other skills do you have that you can make applicable to the role? And I think it's also really useful to do a little bit of research. So for this job you're applying for in healthcare, for example, what tools are they using? And are there any tools that you, you have used in a different industry that may be similar or have similar purposes that you can mention and also highlight that you have this experience from this other similar tool and you're willing to learn and you're a fast learner, like, you know, highlight why you're amazing and why you're going to be able to leverage your existing skills to be successful in this different industry. Yes, exactly. Those are awesome tips. So, there's always different tools out there. There's trends, there's resources. LinkedIn is constantly updating. There was one time where it was trending to have a, a what was it? A resume website where you would, <laughs> you would send recruiters a link to your webpage and it would have your picture or video resume. Like there's always something trending in the job search uh, field. Are there any specific resources? Well, LinkedIn is an obvious one, but are there any other resources that you feel can help a job seeker enhance their chances of success when they're looking for a job? Yeah, good question. So I would definitely recommend having a LinkedIn. I would also recommend creating an Indeed profile and uploading your resume to Indeed as well. So Indeed has a resume database that recruiters are looking uh, at to, you know, match or to hire from. So putting yourself out there so you're part of you're a part of that pool is definitely a good idea. I would also recommend setting up job alerts on the various online job platforms like LinkedIn, Indeed, Glassdoor to ensure that when uh, jobs are posted that match your 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 fields or your filters, it, it you're, it's coming directly to you and you have a chance to apply when the job is recently posted as opposed to when the job was posted 30 days ago and stumbling upon it by, by chance. And then I would also recommend if there are any networking apps or any networking events in your in your area and you can find a lot of these on LinkedIn as well 
to sign up and and just go listen to the speakers. It can be very invigorating and energizing to hear from, you know, folks that look like you who are in a role that you might want to be in. So I would recommend attending those and then networking, asking about, you know, first thanking them for sharing their experience and then asking about how how they got to where they are, what their path was, what advice would they give you for someone who's now starting out in this industry. So there's a lot of knowledge to tap into from those industry leaders, especially in those settings when they're, you know, speaking on a panel or hosting a networking event and things like that. It requires putting yourself out there. Uh, but I, I definitely think that the benefits far outweigh the costs for those types of events. Yes, I would agree. And you get to hear speakers, but also meet other people, as you mentioned. I do like your tip about making sure that your profile is updated uh, on platforms outside of LinkedIn, so like the Indeeds and et cetera. Very fun fact or interesting fact is I have an Indeed profile. I think I had an Indeed profile from like 10 plus years ago. I had a resume uploaded on, on there. Uh-huh. And I was, am, I think my certification must have needs to be updated, but I am a Tableau data expert. Mm-hmm. I got a certification in that. And every now and then, even though this resume is like 10 years back, I will get an email saying, hey, we noticed you're a Tableau expert. Do you want to apply to this job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have options. Yes, I love when the algorithm is algorithming. It's a, it, it just, it's so great when they <laughs> do a great job at matching. And it, it really is all keyword based. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really just putting yourself out there. In addition to the platforms that I mentioned, I have a few clients who even though they didn't go to school for a certain, you know, uh, concentration or type of skill set, there are many online learning platforms that offer, you know, learning courses where you can brush up on those skills. Udemy is one of them that's really great for coding. Coursera has a ton for technical skills as well as softer skills like project management, etc. And then LinkedIn Learning, they also have a ton of courses that can just, you know, help show that you're brushing up on those skills and making you you're making yourself more competitive really in the long run. So I would definitely recommend if if you're feeling out of touch to check out some of those online learning platforms just to brush up on your skills and post it on your resume, post it on your LinkedIn because again, that's adding to your personal brand. Yes, absolutely. Such a such a great tip because those platforms are resources that you can leverage to, you know, build up that skill set and get where you're trying to go in terms of being able to apply for a job. Yes. Okay. So my next question for you is around just job hunting in general. It takes a lot of time. It can be challenging, especially for not getting responses. So what advice do you have for job seekers to help them stay motivated, but then persistent in their search? Because when you're looking for a job, the first couple of days, you're excited. You update your resume, you go to all these websites, you make a million applications, you upload a million resumes, but then it's like crickets. But you need to keep applying because jobs are constantly being posted, constantly being updated. So how? what advice do you have for a job seeker to stay motivated and just persistent and consistent as they're looking for a job? Yeah, really, really great question. And I, we've all been there. I've been there yes. in that 
process where you're applying, you're not getting called back, you feel like your resume is going into the black hole, right? Or even if you do get called back and you get great vibes, you end up not getting the role, which can be really disheartening. So I always tell my clients, prayer and persistence. If you don't (laughs) believe in prayer, do whatever works for you in terms of manifesting, staying positive. But it, it really is a long process. And you need to understand that it's not going to be overnight and you need to expect that some no's might come in the in the process of getting to your next role and just in when you get a no or if you get a no response just look that at look at that as a redirection right a closed door means that something else is there out there waiting for you and just stay persistent right if you kind of like get defeated and you give up, then it, it, I know it's easier said than done, but it, you won't get to the outcome that you're looking for if you're, you know, constantly taking a break after every like five applications you send out, for example. Um, I will say though that job searching can be very overwhelming. So sometimes it is important to take a break if you know you're feeling very defeated and engage in something that might be more rejuvenating, like spending time Mm -hmm. with your loved ones or whatever else it is, right? But I think understanding that rejections, no's or no responses are all part of the process and instead of getting discouraged, just try to learn from each experience, right? And use feedback to improve how you're putting yourself out there for the next time around. And what I mean by that is if you're using the same resume to apply to roles and you're not getting any response back, consider changing it up. Consider changing the format, changing your experience, going to a resume writer or getting the, you don't even need to get it uh, rewritten, just get their feedback from, from your resume. A lot of resume writers give feedback, right? So mm-hmm. I would say, consider changing it up if you're getting the same responses. And also I would say being, being, uh, being organized is very important, right? So if you, if you're applying to a million different jobs and you're not really tracking who, who's getting back to you, where you are in the process, it's easy to have those emails be drowned out in your inbox, right? So Mm -hmm. I recommend always, especially for the roles that you have your eyes set out on, stay close to them, stay close to the recruiters, make those connections and be organized and uh, diligent in following up for responses so that you're not, um, you know, being forgotten just because you didn't follow up. Yeah, that's that's some really good advice. Um, you said prayer and persistence. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it works, right? Even little things like sending sending reminders on your phone, looking at your network and reaching out, attending those events like you mentioned, just mm-hmm. keeping your job search top of mind and taking one action a day towards it. Right? Maybe every day you just see who's messaging your LinkedIn, or is there anybody you can message, or any job you can apply to, or any event you can look up, whether it's in person or a virtual event, or maybe a new course you can take. Just keeping that job search top of mind and taking a simple action every day so you don't feel discouraged, even if you're not getting any responses back right away. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And then I wanted to ask you, you know, for those people who have been out of the workforce for a while, for whatever reason, maybe they took time off to raise kids, maybe health issues, you know, whatever it might be, how can they address gaps in their resume, in their employment history, so that when their resume comes up or they apply to jobs and it's in front of a recruiter, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they don't have the skill or their experience is too old? Like, how can they explain gaps in their resume and what actions can they take to still feel fresh and current to a recruiter? Yeah, great question. So I would say as of recently, career gaps or employment gaps have been destigmatized or are being more and more destigmatized. LinkedIn recently rolled out a feature where you're able to add in a career break in your resume chronological order so that it just shows that you took a break and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I would say if you're asked in an interview to explain a gap, be honest about it. Don't give any type of kind of cover-up excuses. So be straightforward, be honest, and emphasize what you learned during that gap and how you're ready to contribute to the role that you're applying for or the company that you're looking to work for. So it's not, it's showing that instead of being defensive, you're showing a positive proactive attitude that's eager to learn and, you know, help make an impact. In addition to addressing the gaps, honestly, and with a straightforward attitude, you also have the ability to restructure your resume instead of having it chronological. So from the most dated role to the most recent role, you can format it based on skills and achievements. You can format it based on projects that map to those specific roles or or those specific qualifications that the role is looking for. And when you consider doing it that way, uh, it's just a way to not draw that attention to the employment gaps, but still show that you've done what needs to be done to be deemed a qualified candidate, if you will. And then lastly, you can utilize your cover letter as a way to bridge that gap as well. So if you've job hopped a while and changed from many different roles, whether or many different companies, you can use your cover letter to explain why you did that. So whether it's you found a passion for a new field or you have you're a contract employee and your contract was up and due to whatever implications at the company you weren't brought on full time that's fine that's okay it's normal it's part of any type of work and job experience right so use your cover letter to really tell your story as to why your um, transitions look like that and emphasize a emphasize on how your previous experiences will help you add value to the new role. Those are some really, really awesome tips. And I like the idea of leveraging your cover letter to just add some color and context around the gaps. And then also based on what you said, just going back to what you had said earlier, if you've been out of the workforce for a while, I think your experience is absolutely still valuable but I also think that recruiters want to see that, okay, even though you've been out of the workforce a while, what has happened in between in terms of maintaining your skills? There are some skills that are just 
forever, right? If you're a good communicator, it doesn't matter how long you went out of the workforce, you're a good communicator, right? Mm -hmm. And you can highlight that. But there may be skills that maybe need to be updated, maybe certain coding skills or certain tools. Like for example, I talked about being a Tableau expert. So if I was to go back to the workforce, I need to go brush up on the most recent version of Tableau because my skills are 10 years old, right? Mm -hmm. It's still a data analytics tool. I still know how to do data analytics, right? But I need to brush up on the most recent tool. So my explanation would be, hey, I, I was certified in Tableau XYZ. I took time off of the workforce, but in that time I have updated my Tableau experience to XYZ. And now I am a 2023 certified. See what I'm saying? So like Mm -hmm. highlight the skills that are like, what is the word universal? They don't require an update, like show them that you still have these skills. And then the skills that are a little outdated, how can you work to get them updated so that you can showcase them on your resume as well? Yeah, for sure. Those are all really, really great tips. And yeah, it's it's all, there are so many different levers that you can pull in the job search process. So just in order to not get overwhelmed, I would say, you know, make sure that you're easing and pressing as you go yes. along, right? So that you're not, you, you know, burning yourself out because really consistency and staying the long run is, is the name of the game. Absolutely. This has been such great information. So many really, really good insights. This is such a good episode. So thank you so much, Christina. I ask everyone who comes on the podcast this question, please tell me what is your Clever Girl superpower? Oh, that's a good one. I would say my Clever Girl superpower is transformation. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And it's not only, you know, transformation of resumes as it relates to my line of work, but I would say transformation of people before they meet me and work with me. And then after they meet me and work with me, I would say the most rewarding part of being in the business of resume writing is helping others achieve what they thought was never in reach for themselves. So I always, always try to boost the confidence of my clients by speaking into them, letting them know that they are capable and they shouldn't ever put anything past themselves, right? And it's always so, so motivating and empowering and gratifying when they come back to me and say, they got a new job and they got X amount of money more, or they never thought that they would have been able to, you know, to reach that role. I recently had a client that is an immigrant from Bangladesh and he mentioned, you know, because of me, his family, his entire family was able to get uh, roles that they never thought that they would have been qualified for. Right. So Things like that really, yeah, really stick with me. And I I think anyone and everyone is capable. It's just a matter of getting the coaching and getting, you know, the resources that you need to access those opportunities. So transformation is definitely something that I'm power, I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm powerful at, but I'm very passionate about. And I think it's something that, yeah, comes naturally to me and that, that I love and, and enjoy doing. So, yeah. Love Great that. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. And then please tell everybody how to find you. Can you share also the specific services you offer so those people who are listening who want to work with you can, can learn more about your services and et cetera? We will definitely link all of those information, all of that information in the show notes. 
Yes, for sure. So my name is Christina Mandel. You can follow me on Instagram at The Resume Counselor. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Christina Mandel. I'm happy to connect with you there. And then in terms of services that I offer, they include resume rewriting, cover letter writing, as well as LinkedIn optimizations. So definitely feel free to reach out. You can find all information on my website, theresumeconsular.com. And if you, yeah, if you reach out, I would be definitely thrilled to work with you. So thanks again for listening and considering me. Thank you so much, Christina. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bolo, for being an incredible moderator. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.